welcome to the Moviecation podcast. I was going to make a joke here, but I honestly forgot what the hell I was going to say. Like I texted you guys earlier <laughs> and I was like, let me open up the thing because I had a joke in mind and then now I forget. So Was it yeah. at my expense? No, honestly, I don't think so. Should have we been. lost our Taco Bell uh, sponsorship. Uh, can we ring the bell one more time? I might. I might throw it in there. Just one more time. Dang. Maybe, maybe Taco maybe, Bell sponsorship. What happened? Maybe when you you <laughs> happened. Hi everybody. Maybe I'm maybe back. when Cole talks, the entire episode is just going to be bells. Just doom. <laughs> <laughs> just one long bleep. <laughs> uh, they. I was Cole. We were before we were recording, and like before everyone else came in, I was watching the Sunny podcast on my iPad, and. Uh, there's, I saw it on TikTok and they might have done it afterwards. I don't know if they did it during the show, but they did a clip where they had uh, Caitlin Olson, who plays D, call in and they just D-D. edited bird noise over it. <laughs> so it was like, Caitlin, how did you feel about this episode? <laughs> um, hey, we didn't properly introduce ourselves. Oh, shit. Yeah. Know, okay, I'm Brady. We are. I'm Joe. I'm Cole. I'm Tyler. Welcome to Movication. All right, carry on. But yeah, uh, this this is a podcast where we talk about movies. Really? <laughs> we don't have Do a surprise we? topic today because Jared Leto didn't say anything stupid this week, sadly. I don't know. This topic was a surprise to me. I had like two days notice. Oh, if you were here last week, you would have known about it sooner. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Uh, okay that's fair if you would actually read the text <laughs> in the group chat too you know you guys text like a hundred like 700 don't, don't times text a day. as much as you got as much as you think we do we don't and anytime we address anything that's important we tend to tag you in it to make sure you do read it yeah then you come in here fingers blasting with a fuck with a bunch of memes and clips and you're like did y'all see this and like cole we posted that an hour ago <laughs> And then, like, half the time, I don't know if you're, like, legit, like, serious about forgetting that we're actually recording certain no, days. I was, I was joking. Oh, wait, that we're tonight. doing this today? Oh, man. Half the time, if, I'm I, halfway do, if I do that, I'm Disney joking. right now. Moved it around, like, four times for Cole, and then he's like, we're recording? <laughs> I know. The, last, the reason the fucking the last duel in Nightmare Alley episode got delayed was because you asked us to delay it a day, and then you couldn't even show up. Or watch them. Yeah, let's look. I'm just saying, man. Yeah, let's point out some more of his faults. Yeah, haircut. Yeah, we'll, we'll do a special episode one day where it's just, I don't know. I redo all, all my, I redo all my past you know, mistakes. No, no. We'll do a Festivus in July and we'll we'll air our grievances to our coal. We should, we should do like an episode coming up where we don't watch a single thing and we make Cole watch those two movies and we just ask him <laughs> questions about it to make sure A, he actually watched it ah, and yeah, B, yeah. to see how much torture you know he had what? to go through to watch Nightmare Alley. You know Alley. what? I'm down for that. Because <laughs> Nightmare Alley, I, I don't know if you actually, did you listen to last week's episode? I listened to a part of it. I didn't listen to Oh, so you don't love us? Okay. Oh, you, yeah. fuck yourself. you don't even support your own show either? Jesus Christ. You weren't even Cole. on the episode and you couldn't listen? You know he how many wanted, times he, I listened to last week's He wanted to hear himself and he realized he wasn't on it. Right? You want to know how many times I listened to last week's episode? Three times. Oh. (laughs) 
Now, most of those times I was editing, but still. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm going to start the podcast. Oh, wait, I'm not on this one. I was going to say, you, no, you uh, listen to it while you're recording, while you're editing it, and then afterwards. No, hey, I, I, I have an idea. I have an idea for, for an episode, but I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it off air. All right. The Cole special. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I made a joke last week because we were talking about Nightmare Alley and like none of us seem to enjoy it. And I made a joke halfway through. I was like, maybe I should have gave Cole more money because if he's going to watch this movie, I know he's going to need extra Taco Bell. So, not, so none of you liked Nightmare Alley? No. Not, per- <laughs> not particularly. I mean, okay. it's not the worst thing. but It's not the worst thing, but it wasn't what I expected. In- Is it better or worse than Texas Chainsaw? Ooh. Uh, I mean, Texas Chainsaw was entertaining because people You can't died. really like compare that yeah it's it's yeah. two different of two different genres that you can't really compare them. now if you're okay so if you're going to put it up against the last duel i personally prefer the last duel over nightmare alley mm-hmm. okay and you can't compare it like yeah the subject matter is different but they're both artsy dramatic films that kind of had some buzz going on at the time yep. i'm down for an episode where you guys are speaking of surprise topic them. i just thought of it here we go oscars are tomorrow they are? Yes. Eh. So just on big picture, just on the best picture nominee only, who do you think is going to win? Best picture, and I'm, you guys don't have to say it, but I totally think it, Will Smith will win for best actor for um, the Venus and Serena movie. I can't think of King it right Richard. now. King, King Richard. Richard, yes. He was amazing. I cried so hard during that movie. I still need to watch I, that. I heard it was really good. I think it will win, but due to politics, like due to like movie politics, Hollywood. Politics. No, I think I'm saying Will will win best actor, but I don't think that's going to. I want what I want is Belfast to win. Yeah, for best, best picture. picture. But I think it's going to be. So I don't. I don't see Nightmare Alley winning. It's going to be either yeah. Dune or West Side Story. That's what's well. Gonna I don't think. I don't think Dune's going to win at all. I. I think yeah, Dune's going to take home every win. technical thing that it yeah. can, um, which they West are not Side showing Story. this year. By the way, like, did you guys know that? What honestly, they're I, gonna. No, I know anything about the Oscars. So this year they're decided to, I guess maybe, I don't know if it's shortening the ceremony or not, but like you know how usually they have like best visual effects or best musical score and things like that. They're gonna cut all of that off of the broadcast this year. Yeah, I really? heard about that. And I'm like, and I'm I I some of those I can agree with like costuming i don't really care you know but like visual effects i like seeing the people that like make that stuff because especially like because most of the time that's when a marvel movie would win or like a dune type movie would win so i want to see who's making the thing that everyone loves you know what i mean right um and joe i think you can agree with me here i'm a huge you know soundtrack nerd and i love seeing like i i legitimately cried when and uh, I always butcher his name. Ennio McCorney won for the Hateful Eight. Yeah, like that was a big moment. It, it was, was a big moment. I think it was just a couple years was ago. Was it his first one that he won? Yeah, it was his first one finally. I mean, and think about what he, he made. The thing. He made the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm-hmm. Pretty much any Western that you could think of, probably. But like, to think that like, first of all, the good, the bad, and the ugly, like one of the most well-known soundtrack like 
cues that you could ever think of in your life. Mm-hmm. And he didn't win for that. And it was the one that he had to like reconcile with Quentin Tarantino to get onto that, the movie to be able to win that. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. And they're going to uh, cut that. Like, remember there was a time when like, like when frozen was nominated and they had a, uh, Adina Menzel come out and perform it like they've had performers perform like original songs because mm-hmm. those get nominated too. like Beyonce has an original song For in King Richard. King Richard and she's performing it oh she's going to because I heard yeah. they weren't going to do performances this year no maybe as, they... far, as far as I know they're, they're performing them I heard those type of things were done this year mm, unless I misheard it on the news the other day uh, she has a performance uh, they are doing one for Encanto um, but surprising enough, they're not doing, uh, we don't talk about Bruno. They're doing another song that's not as popular, but it means more to them. They chose another oh, song. Yeah. Another one you don't know. Yeah. Uh, they chose another song from Encanto, but not, they're not doing, uh, we don't, we don't talk about Bruno, even though that's obviously the, the very most, the most popular one right now. What I'd heard about that was they had to select, uh, like what they were submitting, like before, uh, we don't talk about Bruno got big. Mm-hmm. So they were like, basically, like you said, picking like the one that was like most like personal to them and stuff like that. Yeah, and you don't really know what's going to be a hit, so they just didn't yeah. I mean, think and about funny it. enough, like Encanto was, it was a, a Disney Plus release directly, and like it, they got a you know slow start, but all of a sudden it boomed. You know what I mean? And it kind of felt like maybe they didn't have a lot of. Um, you know, like, did they have a lot of faith in it because it wasn't, you know, were they unsure it was going to be a, a big hit? Because, I mean, it's it's a big hit now, but, you know, were they, were they anticipating not to be that great? You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it was also, like, uh, because, like, let's, or we don't talk about Bruno, like, doesn't, it it's about a character in the movie. So yeah, you would have had to have seen yeah. it to, like, get the song. So they just picked something a little bit more generic from, what I'd heard about it. I don't know how true that is or anything, but real quick, um, since now this is our surprise topic, I have the uh, the nominations. Yeah, I was pulling uh, that up. Pulled, I have them pulled up already. So before you start, real quick, it is I will we we should address this real quick that like this is our one year anniversary episode, and the funny thing is, is I'm pretty sure in the first episode ever of this show, we were talking about the Oscars too. Like I'm it, pretty sure, yeah, it, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. I remember that Stephen Young movie came out and like, I think Parasite was part of that group too. Yeah, Parasite. Like, uh, and like all of us were like, oh, I don't know what's nominated, but fuck the Oscars. <laughs> we were all so young back then. Yeah, we've matured since then. Fuck you, I mean, I thought, like, I'm looking right now, like <laughs> actor in the leading role. Like I know, I know two of these movies. It's uh, Javier Bardem with being the Ricardos. Oh, that's the one about... Um, that's yeah. uh, I love Lucy, Lucy. like story. Yeah. yeah, that movie was pretty interesting. It's so, um, it's on Amazon Prime, and it's like a Prime original, I think. Mm-hmm. But they show you basically the a week of production on one particular episode of I Love Lucy. Mm-hmm. But it just so happens that during this one particular week the fbi and like cia were trying to figure out if lucy was a communist oh shit like outside of recording because it was around the time when like actors were pulled into congress all the time because everyone thought everyone was a communist right and her uncle or something like that 
was a member of the Communist Party. So that's how she got linked to it. But yeah, it was a really interesting movie. And um, I could see why it's not nominated for Best Picture, but Javier Bardem is Ricardo. Yeah. Yeah, so they have that movie. They have Benedict Cumberbatch and The Power of the Dog. And I don't know what that is. Um, Andrew Garfield, Tick, Tick, Boom. I don't know what that is. Uh, that um, is a movie about the creator of Rent. It's the the play that he made before okay. he wrote Rent, so or like a, during the like, time that he wrote Rent. Is it a but musical itself? Is, yeah. Um, it's, well, not Rent. I know Rent's a musical, but it's is the Tick Tick, tick Boom. Tick, boom? Musical. Yeah, it's a musical. Okay. Um, it. I haven't seen it yet, but from what I've seen, it looks. The reason I haven't seen it is because I, first of all, I hate musicals. But I I love Rent. Like Rent is really good, and um, I hate paying it. Huh. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> but I don't, and I know the story of Jonathan Larson uh-huh. because he he wrote Tick Tick Boom, and then he wrote Rent, and like literally the day before Rent was supposed to open, mm-hmm. he died. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, and. It's like they rehearsed the, they rehearsed that night and then he died that night. It was crazy. Um, and I kind of have a feeling that's where the story of Tick, Tick, Boom, like that's what they're going to show. Mm-hmm. I don't want to bring myself to watch that. <laughs> yeah. um, then you got Will Smith and King Richard. Yeah. You got Denzel. Uh, Denzel with Tragedy Macbeth. I want Will Smith to win, but I have a feeling Denzel will. I feel, no, I feel like Will Smith will win it and I like I said, going to going to more just you know Hollywood politics because Denzel's won before, and Will Smith hasn't. So I think it'll come down to oh well he's already got you know Denzel's already got one. We'll give it to we'll give it to Will. We got the supporting actors. Uh, I'm gonna jump ahead to actress in a, in the leading role because I yeah let's do that because. Like I said, other than being the Ricardos, I have no idea what these other movies are, and I feel so bad. I'm like, what the fuck are these? Jessica Chastain for the eyes of Tammy Faye. Uh, Tammy Faye's kind of like the people that are in The Righteous Gemstones, isn't she? Pretty sure. Uh, I don't remember her name off the top of my head right now. But I think that's kind of like that, that like evangelical-type family that okay. you get in the righteous gemstones is mm-hmm. poking fun at tammy Faye. okay cool uh, i'm gonna keep jumping along to animated feature film because we have a ringer for us in here boys the mitchells versus the machines yeah hell yeah i'm over that one <laughs> what are Only the other good? ones so it's encanto flea luca the mitchells versus the machines and raya and the last dragon you know Encanto Encanto is gonna win. It's gonna be yeah. Encanto because it's it's as it, big as Frozen at this point. I want I would pref, I would like to see Luca win, but it's gonna be Encanto. I'd like to see the Mitchells versus the Machines win. Either that was Mitchell a really or good movie or Luca, but it's gonna be Encanto. Yeah. I'm gonna jump to cinematography. Hell yeah. We got Dune, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, Tragedy Macbeth, and West Side Story. Is that's gonna be Dune. It's a technical award, it's gonna be Dune. Greg Fraser, um, Greg Fraser, my new favorite guy. Directing. Uh, we got Belfast, Drive My Car. Belfast, Drive My Car, Licorice Pizza, Power to the Dog, and West Side Story. I really want, I think Kenneth Branagh will win that one. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like Bel- I know Steven Spielberg did West Side Story, but I feel like Bel- people are going to be like, we've already seen that before, you know? It just, it's so weird for me to, that Spielberg did West Side Story and I feel like it just kind of fell by the wayside. Like it, it, isn't, it didn't get a lot of, you know, marketing. I keep forgetting that they, re- they redo it and I ask, why do they redo it? And why did Spielberg do it? And why did they have Ansel Elgort in it? Yeah. For music original score, we got Don't Look Up, Dune, Encanto, Parallel, Mothers, and Power. That's definitely no, going to Dune. That's not even... No, it's... original score, that'll go to Hans Zimmer. For sure. Oh, yeah, Hans Zimmer's going to win that. No, Cole, you're getting confused. Original score is like the orchestral okay. type oh, music. Oh, I got you. Okay. Not yeah. the Lin-Mel Miranda music. I got you. So, so that, music that would be original song. song. Yeah, that'll be that'll probably be Encanto. Uh, yes, they got a song from King Richard. The B- oh yeah, the, the Beyonce, Beyonce song. One. Encanto. They're doing Dos or, or Joe. Can you read that one? Uh, <laughs> racist. Hang on. <laughs> hey man, he listen to how he drops Encanto in there. Like he. <laughs> He rolls Honestly, that. I don't, I don't know how to pronounce it, the second word. If it's a uh, dos orangutans, no, it's ogritas, dos ogritas. But um, I may be. Yo, wrong. what if Billie Eilish wins? Yo, I mean, I have a soft spot for uh, James Bond theme songs, like the the opening songs. I will say, I I, I love they're fucking Skyfall. good. I Skyfall love Skyfall. so good. You know what my favorite? You know what my favorite one though? Honestly, mm. is as much as I hate her. The Madonna one that they did like back in like 2003, Die Another uh, Day. Yeah, Die Another that Day. That one is fun as hell. Skyfall, yeah. Skyfall, and then the one uh, Sam Smith did for the next movie, Respector. Oh yeah, who Riding did on the uh, walls? Casino Royale. Then. Who was that? Uh, that was I can't remember off the top of my head. God damn, dude, that's over 10 years ago too. Yeah, but I'm on it. Riding on the walls from Sam Smith was the Spectre intro, and that one, that one's good. Yes, yeah, so here we are. Best picture. We got Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. I think, I really think it's going to be top three West Side Story, King Richard, and Belfast. And I really, I kind of wanted to go to King Richard or Belfast. I want Dune to pull an upset. What should be Nightmare Alley? Real quick, it was uh, Chris Cornell who did the theme song for. That's right. I was like, it was, it was a rock, like it was kind of rock really? uh, feeling. Yeah. yeah, you know my name or something like that. Oh, well, that's I, cool. I watched it not too long ago, and I was like, oh, neat. But it was kind of like a, a rock style, but not super heavy rock. Let's see here: production design, Dune, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, Tragedy of Macbeth, and West Side Story. What is the power of the dog? So it's like some type of Western-esque movie, I think, that's a Netflix original. It has um, Benedict Cumberbatch in it and the guy I like to call Fat Matt Damon, which is Jesse Plemons. <laughs> All I know about that movie is that you see uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's dick. All right. See you guys. I'm going to go watch this movie. Oh, yeah. Let's go. <laughs> well, right one, now. Like, got me wanting to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Here I was complaining about dongs and jackass, but I'll go watch Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> you hey, were complaining about dogs. Don't knock Chris Pontius, man. 
Uh, I've seen that so, enough. I don't need to see more of it. So for sound, we got <laughs> for sound editing, we got Belfast, Dune, No Time to Die, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. That's probably gonna be the West Side Story. You think so? It's gonna, it's uh, gonna it's sound. It's musical. It's, sure. There's a lot of sound in Dune. Visual effects, Dune, Free Guy. There you go. No there time go, to die. Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings and Spider Man. Let's go, Spider Man. Let's go, Spider Man. It's gonna go Dune, but let's go, Spider Man. <laughs> uh, writing, adapted screenplay, Coda, Drive by Car, Dune, The Lost Daughter, or The Power of the Dog. It's probably gonna go Dune. No, that'll probably go to like The Lost Daughter, maybe, or The I'm Power re- of the Dog. I'm reading Dune right now, and so far it's. I feel like the movie scratches the surface, but because there's so much like detail into it, but like it, I I can see the comparison to be okay, like pretty well. Uh, in the last category here is writing original screenplay. We got Belfast, Don't Look Up, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, and the Worst Person in the World. Um, I think that's gonna go. Honestly, probably Don't Look Up. Adam McKay is a good, uh, he's a good uh, screenplay writer. Plus, like you said, it's a political type thing and it's a political movie and I could see him go in that direction. I would say Licorice Pizza kind of has a chance. It's a fun original script. Mm-hmm. Um, but due to some of the content in the script itself, I could see why it doesn't win because I could see people having an issue with it because right. they do make a couple tasteless jokes in the at the expense of an Asian person. Ah, um, okay. And there's also the the factor. Now, people had a problem with this. I didn't have a problem with this. People had a problem with it. And the reason I didn't have a problem with this is because the way they played it. Um, spoiler. The Philip Seymour Hoffman's kid's like 15. Mm-hmm. And the chick that he's chasing after the entire movie is like 21. And she tells him right off the bat, no, I'm not going to date you. You're a kid. Mm-hmm. I'm 21 you're 15 that's gross I'm not going to do that but he keeps chasing her throughout the movie and people are like really upset about that but I'm like she keeps telling him throughout the movie no you're a kid that's gross leave me alone right now the the, the jokes that they make the racist Asian jokes that they make I had a problem with I, I can see why people got upset and I agree with it because it's literally like it's like one white guy married an Asian woman and like he would translate what people were saying to her and you would think oh he's gonna speak like mandarin or something like that but no he speaks with a racist asian asian accent (laughs) where he just says whatever the american person just said but stereotypical like asian impression of like i'm not even gonna do it on here but you you get the idea yeah i get that i can see why people had an issue with it and i I, and they played it for laughs and I get why people had an issue with it but I but the thing about like the characters being two different ages age, ugh, age, ugh, ages and like um, she the, the main the female main character keeps saying no I'm not that's gross leave me alone I, she, like she established like hey I'm not gonna do this I don't know but I could totally see uh, King Richard winning I have a soft spot for Adam McKay because he's a. Uh, I mean, don't uh, look up, Woody. He works pretty, uh, pretty closely with the sport podcast I listen to a lot. Uh, they have I don't know how they have like a relationship with him, but they have a relationship with him, and he he helps him out a lot of stuff. So, 
You know who he doesn't have a relationship with anymore? Will Ferrell. Uh, um, You heard about that, right? Yeah. What happened? He made the the um show on HBO Max about the Lakers and he cast John C. Riley instead of Will Ferrell. And Will Ferrell's like, I wanted to do that. Like, you know how much I love the Lakers. And he's like, Yeah, sorry, you didn't fit the role. And so they've uh, pretty much ended their working relationship. And it's been like Anchorman. Um, pretty much a lot of Adam McKay's early stuff before the big short was all Will Ferrell and him. Petty yeah. reason to end. Yeah, up. there's a, he has a, the big short, of course, don't look up. Uh, the other guys, Get Hard, Campaign, uh, Holmes and Watson. Oh, he's he's in that one. As a, Maybe as that's a, why he stopped working because Holmes and Watson. Made, we like, should we pennies. should review that for the show. I forget that's a movie. I know we got terrible reviews. So I wanted to see that, and then it came out, and I forgot did. it existed. So it came out like what 2019 ish, 2018, something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and every year for Christmas, my parents and I will go see a movie. It's been a tradition. We were going to go see that movie. Um, and then I started to read reviews and like how much it was making. And I looked at my parents. I had dead ass. I was just like, can we just stay home and watch a movie here instead? Because you guys aren't going to enjoy this movie. I can go ahead stay and tell home you and that. <laughs> yeah, bond of the holiday season from a... <laughs> From what I'd read, the whole Will Ferrell, Adam McKay thing, like they'd kind of already started like going different w- uh, ways and stuff like that. And the whole Lakers thing was just like the final nail in the coffin. But- yeah. And to be fair, I don't blame Adam McKay for doing it. Yeah. Um, like, if it he, does, he's if he finding fit the success, then- like a secondary <laughs> career, too. Like he can't be the yuckety yuck guy all his life. Yeah. Especially after making movies like The Big Short. And didn't he make uh, the Dick Cheney movie with Christian Bale? Yeah, Vice. Yep. Vice. And that movie that was, was really good. That was a movie. <laughs> Actually, I wouldn't mind oh. talking about that one. <laughs> Speaking of movies that we say that was a movie to, uh, Joe, Tyler, and I all went cold and see it. I don't think he would ever watch it. I wasn't watching movies. He couldn't go without his parent anyway. So (laughs) (laughs) we all went to go see X, written and directed by Ty West. So what Um, what is this about? I don't even know what this movie is. Hold on. I'm trying to set it up. Good thing we're moving into this uh, segment of the show, Cole. Sit back and listen. (laughs) Almost like you're about to hear. (laughs) If you don't know, Ty West is known for his other movies, such as The House of the Devil, which is a pretty good movie. It's a satanic panic type movie. Um, the Innkeepers, eh, it's okay. The Sacrament, it's about Jim Jones. Nice. It was pretty good. Uh, and he was sacrament. also, I love the sac. It's so good. I mean, I knew what I was going in, getting it. Like going in, I knew what I was getting, but it was really good. He also has segments in VHS. But for me, my personal favorite Ty West film is his first film, and that is Cabin Fever 2, Spring Fever. Not the whole movie, just the part where the guy from Boy Meets World gets ran over by a bus. I want to watch this now. <laughs> Have you ever seen the first Cabin Fever, the 2003 no, one? I don't think so. So Ryder Strong is in it, the guy who plays Sean yeah. in Boy Meets World. 
and he's the only survivor of the movie but when he comes out of the lake at the end he's all disfigured and gross and then they don't make uh cabin fever 2 until like 2009 so we're talking like five-ish year, five plus years in between films and they got right and ty west got writer strong to come back for literally two seconds of the first of the opening and it's literally like he walks into the middle of the road and a school bus hits him and he literally like he literally just explodes and splatters everywhere and that's where Hell they yeah. throw up cabin fever too and i was like all right this is a good movie the rest of the movie is awesome. not good at all. Like, it's <laughs> it's terrible compared to cabin fever ty west x uh cole to answer your question this movie is a takes place in 1976 i believe nine 79 okay yeah i was well, thinking 78 or 79 um yeah 79 mid 70s we'll just say that because yeah. i don't remember the exact date right now during the start of the at-home porn market um and so a film crew sets off to go film in lesser terms an elevated porn movie a classier porn movie in the avant-garde as the yeah the camera guy said rj (laughs) rj rip (laughs) um but yeah they they rent (laughs) they rent this farmhouse or they rent this yeah i guess it was a farmhouse attached to another farmhouse essentially like a guest house they call it a boarding house yeah okay a boarding house to have a place to film without telling the house owners what's the farm owners what's going on in in the house because um when they show up he goes you didn't tell me there's gonna be all these people with you so they give him some extra money just to be like well it'll be all right the farmer kind of has an idea of what they're doing anyway yeah and just doesn't (laughs) he's like just don't let my wife see um and who wants to take this one first i mean i will (laughs) <laughs> okay uh i don't have like a summarized thing i just have like a list of notes that i wrote down afterwards just trying to like think back to everything so it's a little all over the place but uh first off i have to apologize to joe for the fact that i laugh at like a maniac at death scenes because he had to deal with that <laughs> the whole time we were watching it <laughs> i mean um, i laughed too but you were laughing out loud i was like yeah, no, I it's <laughs> I have no control over that. Just every time I just I bust out into that laugh. Uh love to see sex positivity being a focal point of the movie while also not just having sex and nudity thrown in there for the sake of having it. Uh this movie had it all. Great cinematography, great acting, great writing, great suspense, and a solid ending. Absolutely loved it. And there's very few horror movies that I actually enjoy. I put fucking kid Cuddy. <laughs> like I did not know that was him until like we got home and uh I was telling my roommates about it and they started looking it up and they're like kid Cuddy's in that I'm like he is <laughs> he was uh, definitely not on the pursuit of happiness I know he was on the pursuit of happiness in that movie <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh I liked how they basically kept the old lady's face like blacked out until shit really starts going down which, going ahead to another note that I have in here, did not realize that was the same girl that was playing Maxine. Like, yeah, I, kinda, uh, I like, didn't realize that until the end either. Yeah, I kind of figured that out like during the post credits. I'm like, is that 
the same girl, <laughs> but I looked it up yeah. afterwards and I, I realized like, oh, that. I mean, go on. I'll, I'll, I'll no, talk go, about go ahead. Well, because I felt like I realized they, it towards the end with the twist. I realized it earlier on because I felt like maybe this lady sees herself in in magazine a lot. Yeah. Well, she does because. Well, yeah, but see, I as the movie progressed, I, I like I had this because I wasn't sure what the twist was. It was going to be, you know, I I expected something weird because it's a twenty four. And uh, I was like, is this lady going to like absorb Maxine and become her? Is like, is she going to possess her? Because she's like, oh, this girl relate, like looks a lot like me when I was younger. I'm going to take over her yeah. body. Because I expected something weird. Yeah. And to I'm be like, honest with you, I wouldn't blame you because there was a couple lines in there where she, they kind of hinted at that, like where he killed like the, I can't think of his character's name, but the ripoff Matthew McConaughey character. Hmm. Um. And like uh, the, Wayne, Wayne, yeah. And the yeah. dude was like, he's he isn't the correct type or something like that. Yeah. And then <laughs> she said, no, I she's I don't like blondes, but she's perfect. There's like something about her that she's exactly, perfect. So yeah. that's where I couldn't like if you told me that someone got absorbed into someone else, I'd be like, yeah, well, let's say twenty four. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm glad they didn't go that route. When they <laughs> when they killed RJ and she starts to like dance in front of the van, the old lady. I was legit waiting for her to start levitating because I'm like, yep, that's it. She's a witch. She's going to absorb Maxine. And that's why I was thinking. I was waiting for her to like start like levitating slightly because like the blood from the body is like giving their power. Yeah, that, I got see, That's where I was going with it. Um, between this and Euphoria, I might just watch anything Sam Levinson is a part of. Saw him in the executive producer credit and I was just like, hell yeah. Uh. The collective cringe of the theater when Wayne stepped on the nail is beautiful <laughs> and Pearl stabbing him in the eyes with the pitchfork was hilarious. Uh, then Mia Goth playing Maxine and Pearl was incredible. Uh, and then I I really hope that they do make that prequel from the post credit scene. Like, Oh, it's been, that it's, looks like, it's already filmed. Okay, cool. I wasn't sure. I After I'd like wrote that note, I'm like, you know what? Brady was talking about this, but I couldn't remember if it was already like done or not. But, it's supposed to come out sometime this year. Oh, cool. All right. I'm going to go see that too then. <laughs> but that's all I got. For me, like I said, um, I didn't know what to expect really because from A24, I just kind of expect something to be kind of random. I said that's why I was under the, I was like thinking maybe she's going to be a witch. Maybe she's the absorb Maxine because she sees a lot of her in her. Um, but no, like I thought it was pretty cool that it, it wasn't anything super weird like that it was just basically an, a late an old lady who was just a craving the attention and the you know sexual affection that she's wanted that she thinks she deserves but it, it was just so weird but actually i like tyler said like, you know i like how i like the cinematography I, if it felt like an old movie mm-hmm. without without like really looking as gritty as an old movie but it really gave you that vibe with it and then like some of the shots are just really well done like when they're crossing the field to get to the house um the boarding like the, the house that they're gonna stay in i thought was really cool um and just like the flashes as they're kind of transitioning into into other scenes yeah that was interesting yeah i liked those spots and then like the overhead shot when she's when maxine's uh, swimming in the lake 
and um the alligator starts to the crocodile starts to swim across i was like oh that's fucking good and like i said just just the transition the transitions they're doing and kind of like the underlying story of the constant like uh referring to the the tv uh pastor you know quoting you know giving the whole jesus talk i thought that was pretty cool and I liked it. It was a fun movie. Next, I didn't know what to expect. I just expected, you know, weird horror sex movie, but it was it was a little bit more than that. Um, I liked I liked how the story turned out, and I was like, cool, I can dig this. Um, and then the the post credit scene gave me like a um, a Fallout Bioshock vibe because it's very colorful, very pretty. Yeah, but weird things are happening, which is yep. essentially like the like a like a, a, a like a, a game like that, because yeah, like all the like all the de- the kill scenes, like when like she's like like uh, Tyler said when brains when Wayne steps on the the nail in the in the barn, I liked the comedic side of you know the things they joke about because he's like he's asking for help and he's like damn. I'm gonna need a tetanus shot after this, and I was already thinking that too. I was like, yep. I was like, oh, spot on." I wrote down one like, of the jokes he said that made me like absolutely die. That one got me, and then like I said, just the the weird kills, like like when she stabbed him in the eyes with a pitchfork, and then she started <laughs> burying him under under the hay. Um, I really liked how they gave it that old school look when she killed rj because rj was the first person she killed but the way they kind of made her arm look pretty stiff and like bring it up into the into the shot and all you see is her hand and then just the kind of just a stabbing motion of it like yeah i really like that brady tell me the the scene when rj is in the shower crying is that a psycho reference i'll tell you what the psycho references are Okay, because that felt like a psycho reference because he's like he's in he's in the shower. It was an overhead shot. It it gave me that vibe. I was like, I couldn't remember clearly. Um, I was like, I was like, it feels like a psycho vibe, but I, I was like, I was like, I don't think this is like the same style, but it, it gave me that vibe. So I was I was kind of half expecting um, the old lady to come in and and stab him through the through the sheet or through the through the curtain. It's funny you say that though because. I could, oh yeah, I'll wait because I it, I, I got to explain kind of the genius of their psycho references. Okay, all right. Um, like I I liked how this it it gave different knob like knots of things like the the opening sequence kind of felt like like Texas Chainsaw Massacre to me with all the you know the sheriffs pulling up and they're checking out the scene and like I don't know what the fuck's going on here like just checking everything out like that gave me that vibe. Um, the house kind of looks similar to it, but Definitely. I know it's not the same. But it, it it gave me that feeling. If you do notice, though, the outside yes looks very similar to it, mm-hmm. but the inside has the same kind of layout. But uh, literally mirrored to the opposite side. I noticed yeah. that like, it was flipped over. It took me like them going in like twice to notice it. But when you first walk into the the Texas Chainsaw House, the stairs are right there, and you're t- that would be like my right. And yeah. this time you walk in, the stairs are still right there, but like I said, it's mirrored. It's flipped so over. now the stairs go up on the left. Yeah, I was so like I like I really like that too. Like I said, just little nods here and there to kind of give me that vibe. And I like I enjoyed it. Like I had a good time with the movie. It 
it was kind of a slow burn because I felt like the kills took a while to get to it. But like I was, I guess I was interested because they were, <laughs> they're, they're filming the set, the, the porno stuff, but it's funny how they're going about it. Yeah. Like there's they're a not where... taking themselves seriously. They're laughing at it essentially. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like the like the scene where RJ's like giving him directions and then Yeah, I was about to say, like when RJ's what's giving... his face, Kid Cuddy's character is like, Man, let me do this part of it. You just sit there with your camera. <laughs> exactly. I was I was about to cover that. Like he's he's like, You worry about that. Let me worry about the fucking over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it just it was definitely a slow burn, but it it worked well like the yeah. movie wasn't long enough to where like it was an issue or anything like that it just it felt right i felt like it built it, it built good anticipation because i was like okay when is something gonna happen because i can feel something gonna happen yeah and um but yeah like so i liked i liked the movie overall i thought it was it was a fun watch not what i expected but um yeah i'd watch it again and i'm looking forward to watching the uh the prequel for it I wrote down notes because I was like one of four people in the theaters. So I'm just going to read through these notes and we can go through it a little. Uh, number one, just off the trailer alone, I like the vibe of the movie. Very Texas Chainsaw Massacre-esque. Number two, love that it looks like it was shot in old film to fit the period. Like there was like a film grain to it that I really yeah, liked. Yeah, I like that. The opening ratio changed. I absolutely just thought it was perfect. And I love the, the shot where like it starts in the barn doors. And so it does have that like 70s, like you got your two black bars on the side film style, but then it, you go through the barn doors and it widens itself out. Like I thought that was amazing because they're like, Hey, this movie looks very 70s, but doesn't mean we're going to keep the aspect ratio in the 70s. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the difference between the movie and the, the difference between the movie and then the movie they're shooting, like, looks like how the way they made that look was such a nice touch. Like when they're filming the porn and it's definitely like you're in the viewfinder of the camera watching the film spin when you're watching, like, like, as if you are the director. Yeah. Yeah. And then when they come out of being of you filming the porn, it's a whole different like color change, like color palette change. And I thought that was a very smart, nice touch. Um, it was surprisingly funny. Like I thought it was a lot funnier than I was expecting it to be. Yeah. Like I was laughing a lot throughout that movie. Uh, the score by Tyler Bates and Chelsea Wolf is hauntingly beautiful. Hmm. And one of the more hauntingly beautiful scores I've heard in a minute. Like amazing. Uh the drone shot of the girl in the lake of the girl in the lake with the gator is creepy yet amazing. And the slight jaws type music in the background was also perfect. Like it was I such I, like I really a like subtle, subtle like jaws-esque sound on the soundtrack there that I thought yeah, was perfect. Definitely. Um, the entire atmosphere of the movie was completely unsettling. It yeah, built so much tension that like there was parts of it where I was, I'm going to say this now, it got so unsettling to the point that when you got to Wayne's death 
and he's looking through the two holes in the barn door, I legit covered my eyes because I didn't know where it was going to go. I haven't done that in years. <laughs> I knew something was going to happen. The tension was there. The tension has been there the whole show. And I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe I know something's going to jump. I don't want my pacemaker to go off today. Let me, let, okay. and then it, then what happened happened. I was like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm good now. <laughs> I, think it was um, amazing. I, <laughs> I think for me, it was like, because it was like, like I said, it, there was building tension entirely and there had not been like death yet. And of course we just saw RJ die, but I was like, okay, finally someone died. Like, but I'm like, it's going to get worse from here. I know it. But then his was kind of like his, his death kind of made me laugh. So I was like, okay, like, eh, like you're that awkward laugh just to kind of like kill the tension, but you're still like, it's going to get worse, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, I like how Ty West knows the feeling of the film will very will feel very Texas Chainsaw like, but avoids direct references to it. There are references throughout the film to Texas Chainsaw, but like a direct reference is very they're very subtle and not like a slap in your face type reference. Obviously, friends traveling in a van in Texas reference, farmhouse yeah. reference. Mm-hmm. There's a couple other ones, but like the the cops themselves yeah. very much feels like a Texas Chainsaw thing. But like the fact that like it isn't like a slap you in the face with a reference here and there. Like, I think that's smart. Yeah. Uh, number 12, I wrote, don't fear the Reaper. That is all. <laughs> I love that song. And anytime that song is used in a horror movie, I will always love it. And that scene with RJ's death and don't fear the Reaper just blasting. I was so happy when it, I, I was smiling so much when was RJ amazing. was dying. Um, the color palette change with the headlights during the first uh, kill is probably one of the coolest things I've seen in film recently. So yes. simple. Yeah. In fact, because it, it, to explain it to the audiences that ha- to the audience and to Cole that hasn't seen it yet, this dude, RJ is getting killed in front of his van. And it's a nighttime shot. So the only lighting they have is natural light from the sky and his headlights. headlights. Yeah. So she's just stabbing away on this dude. First of all, her kill on RJ was insane. Cause like she stabbed it on like the left side of the neck and then quickly stabbed him on the right side. So he's pouring blood out both sides at this point. And then she's just stabbing him like crazy. And like I said, the only lighting you have other than natural skylight is his headlights. And if you're stabbing someone that much, blood splatter is going to go everywhere. So eventually his headlights get covered with his blood. So literally the screen just goes like dark red mm-hmm. because there's blood all over their lighting. And it's so effective. And like, as a, like a film nerd and someone who's always wanted to make a movie and someone who like, I, of course I love like writing and directing, like those are important to me, but like the second thing that's biggest important to me when it comes to a movie is how it looks. And for them to do something as just awesome as that, I was just like, this is amazing. I was still smiling ear to ear while he was getting killed because there's blood everywhere now. And the fact that like, it goes from don't fear the reaper playing to back to Chelsea Wolfs and uh, Tyler Bates's score that they did together. This hauntingly beautiful, like voice that she's whispering out. And she's it, the scene almost reminded me of Todd Phillips Joker scene where he's in the bathroom dancing to the, to the violin music 
Like that's the that's the vibe I got from this old lady dancing over this dead dude's body. Like it was, yeah, and I love that scene in Joker. Like that's one of my favorite scenes in Joker. So like that whole scene was just like a big like as a film nerd and as a horror nerd, I was just happy with that entire first kill. Um, Did you notice that they do it again uh, later on, like as the as the movie comes to kind of like the end when they kill. Um, um, the younger girl on the porch, it gets red again on the porch because her her blood splattered all over the uh, on the porch from the shotgun show, the shotgun yeah. uh, kill. Oh, when they killed Jenna Ortega, yeah. yeah, yeah. So when they shot her on the when they shot her on the on the porch, uh, the blood splattered onto the like the ceiling of the porch and it covered the it covered the light bulb and so. It did it again. It went from being normal color. Uh, the shot is like it's normal, up, like closest to you, but at, in the background you can see them turning red. Like it starts to just haze over and turns red on the on the elderly couple. And I thought that was really cool because I was like, oh, they did it again, but differently because now you have the front shot being in normal color and then the background being just blood red. I thought that was pretty cool. Definitely. Okay have chelsea wolf's voices just i've heard her music before she was actually on a deaf heaven song once but like her solo stuff's really good um and then her voice on the deaf heaven song i absolutely love too so like when i heard that she was doing the soundtrack i was like oh okay that's cool and i will always love her voice you listen to her Um, like i always see her name pop up i never listen Listen, she has an album called His Spun or something like that. That's like one of my favorite albums. It's very like that like Evanescence operatic voice type coming out. Mm-hmm. But to like darker black metal-esque type music. Oh, the joke that Wayne's joke that I wrote down <laughs> when he stepped on when he first stepped on the nail, shut up, cheeseburger, go wander in traffic. <laughs> For the cow mooing, <laughs> yes, yes. Up, cheeseburger. And then I immediately wrote right after, and this is right after I uncovered my eyes. By the way, I immediately wrote foot and eyes in the same scene. Why Ty West? Why? Because <laughs> <laughs> he got both my like the biggest things I absolutely hate in horror movies is when someone steps on something and something goes in their eyes, and he got both in one scene. I was like, <laughs> when they sh- when they showed the camera shot, like from like the from the nail like the nail being right in front of you i was like oh they're about a quiet place this dude i knew it too and i was like, I was like oh, but it, no. was, it was when he was looking through the holes right before his eyes got stabbed where i was like something's gonna pop out yeah i was like <laughs> oh no just the fact um, that she threw the hay over him <laughs> like i leaned that's over what to I Joe and i was like just sweep him under the rug <laughs> the last <laughs> so so in the movie, Cole, this old lady stabs this dude through through these holes in like a barn door with a pitchfork. And then she comes around into the barn. And the best part about it is she's standing over him. And like that seems so cool because like when she first comes in, it's like this big shadowy figure on the barn doors. And you just see her holding her pitchfork and it gets smaller so it gets closer. And the first thing she does is right when she gets to his body, she's just real quick and pokes him one last time just to make sure. So what you're telling me is instead of seeing Morbius on Friday, I should go see this instead. And yes, I yes. Instead of <laughs> you know that her shadow gave me like a Morbius. 
<laughs> her shadow gave me like a like a devil vibe because you think like classic devil with a pitchfork. I think that's what it was supposed to do. It gave me that vibe, and I was because like, oh, think that's about cool. Think about the ending and the overtones throughout the entire movie. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I think that's what it was trying to give you. I think you and picked like, up on what they were trying to do. Yeah, I like that. I was like, that's fucking cool. Jenna Ortega has a future in horror, whether she wants to keep doing it or not. That you know, I totally understand if she doesn't because she doesn't want to be typecast. But like, I've seen three movies this year alone with Jenna Ortega in it, and all of them are horror movies, and she's amazing. Hmm. We got Scream Five. She was in Studio Six Six Six, and now she's in this. Kid Cudi is amazing in this. Like, he was one of my favorite parts of this movie. Yeah, he was, he was great. Absolutely <laughs> hilarious. And I, I really do want to see him act more. Like the last thing I saw him in, I he guess was, he's been acting for a while, but the last thing I Bill saw him Ted. in was Bill and Ted three. Yeah. He was good in that. And he was playing himself, but he was absolutely hilarious in that too. Yeah. I still need to watch that. I was just I watching Bogus uh, Journey uh, so yesterday. I didn't know it was Kid <laughs> Cuddy. Honestly, I couldn't tell you like what Kid Cuddy looked like. So that's why I didn't know it was him. Um so when Tyler told well, me they also, him, I was like, that's cool. They also gave him his full name as a credit. So it wasn't just Kid Cuddy, it was like Chris Miss Cuddy, which is his real name. Okay. Well, even so, like I've I've never seen like his face or anything. So um please so tell me you talk is... about this his shot when he's talking to the old man in the in the doorway. <laughs> I love that scene. I absolutely do. It's yeah. just hilarious. He's just hanging on like no issues. Jesus <laughs> Christ, let me, let me get my understand going down to his knees. Like damn kickstand. That was I, the best part too, is because that you know they were absolutely making fun of like that yeah stereotype and everything. And he so, absolutely you could see he was loving that scene, Phil, but he was yeah, here. Real quick. So I leaned over to Tyler and I said he must cover a lot of ground really quickly <laughs> with that. And this is this is this is this is a sound weird, but I wanted to see if they stuck with it. So as he's talking naked to the old man, he goes, let me go get my skippies and then we'll go, we'll go, we'll go find your wife. So he puts on his, his drawers and, and his tank top, whatever. Right. I was like, I wonder if they like have him wearing the prosthetic. Cause obviously that's not his real, his real dick. You don't know. Yeah. You don't know that. <laughs> well, even so. Don't I just like, assume Joe. <laughs> even so I was like, I wonder if you can see it, if they made that a point of, Still make hey like this guy's still hanging dong in the shorts, but well when it comes anything. out on Blu-ray, you can pause it. No, I I was <laughs> looking frame by frame all you like. <laughs> all right, fine, that's fair enough. I'll do that. Uh, Good call. Okay, Good call. so let me explain the psycho reference here and why it's absolutely genius. There we go. In about midway through the movie, Jenna Ortega's character decides she wants to be a part of the porn now, and RJ has a huge issue with that, yep. and she calls him out on it because he he tried to talk her out of it by saying you can't be in the movie it doesn't make sense to have a story change mid-movie and he calls her out on it by saying why psycho's your favorite movie and there's a story change midway through that movie and the best part about that reference is the fact that like exactly what she is explaining is exactly what's happening in the movie because right after that is when like the porn portion of the movie ends and all the killing starts yeah so just I think about uh, it that way. That's just good. Asking for a friend, how long is the porn per- portion of the film? Probably the thir- first thirty minutes at best. Yeah, 
it's not a very long it's an hour 45 minute movie yeah it's oh, not very long at all good, good and good. honestly the porn isn't like an issue like they do it so well they do it well for many reasons a because it's it's the time period it's right after Dal- uh debbie does dallas came out so they're trying to capitalize on the vhs way. home parody like the home movie porn industry yeah and he even mentions like i'm gonna make a movie that's bigger than debbie does dallas we're gonna do bigger numbers mm-hmm. it's not gratuitous sex to have gratuitous sex in a horror movie it's not violent sex to have violent sex in a horror movie it's porn poking fun out of itself to be porn and also there's an equal amount of dudes and chicks naked and it's not just like here's some boobs for the sake of boobs it's like here's some here's britney snow's boobs but a few minutes later you're gonna get kid cuddy's dog and like wayne and the last half of the movie as he's dying is in his tidy whities yeah and like yeah. it's like john cena tidy whities in suicide squad where they engorge his his the dick crotch, to make yeah. it look better yep. like <laughs> it, it's it's smart like and that's i read a bunch of interviews with jenna ortega with britney snow and mia goth and they said they would not have signed on to this film if it wasn't for stuff like that like ty west came to him and said look i know that it sounds ridiculous what we're doing but that's the point like that's what i want you to do when we're filming this is to have fun with it and be ridiculous because that's what it is. It is ridiculous. And I'm also not just going to be like, it's gratuitous to be gratuitous. Like it's in a way there is a purpose to it, but it's to kind of make fun of it at the same time. Yeah. Cause it looks, it looks spot on like, like cheesy seventies, eighties porn. But I'm pretty sure when they are filming the porn scenes, like they do play the yeah, and they, they did because there was there was, you can hear the bass music playing. I'm like, oh, that was like they even got that shit like going on. I was like, it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, like it's like you know, it's like they're making fun of it because it's it's so cheesy, but like it works, and it's not like you said, it's not just oh, they're they're fucking, but it adds on to like the the humor of it because they break character. And like she goes from moaning and stuff like that, and she says like she laughs, and they're like, "Hey, focus!" And she's like, "Oh yeah," and starts moaning again, like, yeah. or like, like the scene where like she notices the cameras on her, so she starts faking it again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, um, just, like getting like trying to sell it so much. Yeah, there's like two so, sex scenes that they're both like under thirty seconds, so it's yeah. not like porn is like a big factor in this movie. It's just part of the story. Yeah. So. Um. Another interesting thing about the psycho reference is it's it is funny that you picked up on it the way you did, but it is funny that the transition scene between the story change is RJ in the shower. Like right after they make a psycho reference, and that's yeah, the first thing that's you see. That's the pivotal transition. Here's where else it also pays off later in the movie. With Jackson, I think is Kid Cuddy's name in the movie. Yeah. Yes. And the is. old dude when they're in the swamp. And he finds the the car in the water. Direct reference to Psycho right there because Norman Bates buries Marion Crane's car in his little marsh by his pool by his hotel. Um, it's I don't think it's a beetle in the movie. Actually, it might be a beetle in the movie. I don't remember which movie. But the fact in in Psycho, I know in X okay. it was a beetle. Yeah, like in X it was a beetle. But the fact that you have a body of water, they make a Psycho reference, and the the car's yellow or white exactly like the psycho car like perfect the shotgun kill 
Like no one heard that go off. Like no one. Like yeah, because yeah. those <laughs> there, is, there is no one around. There's nothing else to make noise, and that you would hear that shit for a mile. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I heard one last night, and I thought it was a firework, and it was like a one and done thing. And I was like, okay, yeah, that was definitely a gunshot. Um, <laughs> and I'm inside my house. Um, I said, "Yo, rip Britney Snow. That gator fucked her up." <laughs> Goddamn, yeah, I did. <laughs> um, the old people sex scene. I literally just wrote, "Oh, okay then." That was my thought too. I was yep. like, "Oh, we're doing this." I was like, "Oh boy." When Jenna Ortega went, when Jenna Ortega got shot, I wrote, "Bruh, she went flying." Yeah. <laughs> and then when be, when Pearl got shot, I said, "She flew too." You know what? You know what the old people sex scene reminded me of? Uh, the sex scene in South Park when uh, Stan's grandpa uh, does it with the um, with the East the Eastern European grandma. And they're like, hey, Mrs. So-and-so isn't, uh, I think she died. He goes, oh, no wonder she didn't say good night last night. And they're like, ew. <laughs> Cole, do you remember that episode of South Park? Which one? Uh, you paying attention? Yeah, fucking paying attention. I'm nuts. <laughs> the, when the, there's like the Eastern European group of like triplets or uh, little girls. They do like, they do gymnastics. And they're like they're fleeing from their country, so they're in South Park, and the boys are trying to like. I don't remember that one. No, you remember that one? It's an old episode. Okay, old episode. I tend um, to stick to the newer seasons, so I may not have seen that one. Okay. So the the whole ending scene of like Mia Goth's character confronting Pearl and all that. Uh, if you listen to the TV, because she turned the old, Pearl turns on the TV. I guess mm-hmm. to drown out like the screaming and shit that's happening. All right. Uh, the preacher is talking about divine intervention, and it's the the fact that like divine intervention is what saved Mia Goth's character in yeah. the end. I love that. I thought that was like it, it. It was actually hilarious to me within the context of the scene, you know. Um, and then the last note I wrote was not expecting a trailer for the prequel, but I loved it. So I will be seeing it. The prequel to best tell you how this looks cool, and this is how Ty West describes it himself, is a demented Disney movie in Technicolor. Yeah, I could see yeah. that. It's super <laughs> colorful, and then it just like it looks the, very much like so, a Disney movie, and then bloody. Cold X is very much like Texas Chainsaw, where it looks like it's film grain, 70s, very old school film. And then the prequel hits, the prequel trailer hits at the end of the trailer or the end of the credits. And it's this bright Mary Poppins looking ass thing. Yep. So okay. my final thoughts I wrote were a fun indie slasher with the Texas with Texas Chainsaw vibes and a touch of psycho. A bit slow going toward the middle. Um, but as soon as the first kill happens, it picks up and goes by quick. Will be will people be talking about this movie years down the road? Probably not, but it's for sure worth a watch for any horror fan. The score by Tyler Bates and Chelsea Wolfe is so hauntingly beautiful. The cinematography and color palette choices were a huge charming factor to this movie. It was a lot more humorous humorous than I was expecting. Now, here's the thing. And I also rated it on Letterboxd. I gave it three and a half stars. Here's the thing. I saw this movie a week ago and I cannot stop fucking thinking about it. Like, will people be talking about this movie years down the road? Maybe not. But the fact that like I gave this movie 
at best a mid-review, like a middle ground review, and I cannot stop thinking about it, means either I missed something, and I wanted, I almost went to go see it again today before we recorded, and it's either I missed something or it's just, it's a sleeper hit like that, and like, like I said, it's almost been a, I, it'll be a week tomorrow since I've seen it, I cannot stop fucking thinking about it, anytime anybody it wants to talk about it, I'm like, yes, <laughs> I give it a four. Like I said, I think it's because it was a, a bit of a slow burn in the beginning. Um, and to make the quick, like, one more reference to it, the divine intervention scene, like, um, that's when Maxine, like, she, like, because her scene, I, f- I forget what exactly she says, but she's like, I deserve more, uh, like, a better life and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, the TV's going off, and it's the same thing that the preacher is saying. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, Like, maybe she got it from that. And then we turn, you know, come to find out that she's that preacher's daughter. See, that's the thing that was confusing about the twist. Is she the preacher's daughter? And that's part of the prequel is like, we're going to figure that out. Or that's what I took from it. Or I mean, they showed me like, photos. They showed they showed uh, Maxine's photo. Yeah. But I, is Maxine the preacher's daughter? Or is it Pearl? That's the preacher's daughter. Maxine. Maxine. And this Maxine. is just an old recording. No, it, it's it's he says her name and everything. I must have missed that. I I for some reason I was thinking it was Pearl because no. they show the preacher in the prequel trailer. So that's no, why I was thinking it was Pearl. Because I thought it was Maxine at first, but then like, they show had, him in the prequel trailer and I'm like, is it Pearl then? No, because it has her like it has her freckles and everything and the little birthmark. Yeah, but that's yeah. the point is Pearl is an older version of Maxine. Well, yeah. he, he says literally, uh, literally, she says, "Yeah, yeah, this I know, is, I know. you'll become me in the future, so yeah. keep your beauty now." So that's why I'm like, it's such a mind fuck, man. Now I'm questioning it. I swear, the preacher like <laughs> held up the picture of her and was like, "This is my daughter, Maxine." Like, yeah, I don't I'm think they sure said that. the name, and I think that's the part of the twist is you're supposed to because once you figure out that Pearl is played by Mia Goth, and she yeah, keeps yeah. saying. I'm you, just older. Then the whole twist is, well, which one is he talking about? Is he talking about Pearl? Is he talking about Maxine? Well, goddamn, I'm gonna watch it again. Yeah, this is yeah. why they have to. Because if you, like I said, I'll have to find the fucking pre. Maybe they'll release the trailer online. But I'm pretty fucking sure that preacher is in the prequel trailer. I and I'm pretty sure we're watching old footage. Like she just happened because it's her dad. Right. Okay. I swear I anyway. remember the preacher saying Maxine, but. Uh, I'll gladly go see it again. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> tried to convince my roommates to go at the 1015 show last night after I got home. So <laughs> let's go back <laughs> right now. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. Like it literally, I saw this movie a week ago. I gave it a medium road review and I cannot stop fucking thinking about it. Maybe you should anyway, reevaluate your review on it. You know what I can't stop thinking about either? Interstellar. Let's go. Let's go. Finally. All right then. All right then, Cole. Yeah, go ahead. You first. No, 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 no. No, you're first. We've been we've been talking. It's your turn now. Punishment time. So (laughs) yep. So the boys let me choose this movie because my birthday next is my birthday is next week and I guilted them into letting me choose. This is all about the podcast birthday. Anyway, (laughs) I yeah, since we're coming up on our one year anniversary uh next week. We're not coming up on it like this will be released on the one year anniversary. So today, 
is the one okay, here. Sure. Well, you Joe, know what I mean. We're, we we got to record it. We like record that. this later. Anyway, okay. So today being our one year anniversary, I convinced the boys to let me choose the movie because my birthday is the thirty first, and so I was like, "Let me choose it," and they're like, "Fine." So I was like, "Ooh, okay." So I was trying to pick something that isn't Lord of the Rings because I didn't want to hear their shit, and they wouldn't appreciate the fine art that is Lord of the Rings anyway. Looking at you, Cole. Shut the hell up. <laughs> so I wanted to find something that we can all, you know, all enjoy. But um, yeah, so we went with Interstellar, and I want to hear what Cole your take is because I know you hate space movies. Yeah. Okay. So when you said we were watching Interstellar, my first thought was, "Oh, is that that shit with Sandra Bullock?" And you're you were like, "No, no, no, no." no. And I I'm like, okay. I I don't like that movie. I've like I, I they came around the same time, and I watched That's Gravity. Why I thought that it was- I watched Gravity, and I was like, it was okay. And I, but I watched Interstellar first, and I was like, Interstellar beats Gravity by like three dimensions, two planets. It's so much better. Yeah, ready. If you're trying to say them, we can't hear you, but I see you mouth and shit. But anyway, um, yeah, I like I, I didn't like I didn't like Gravity that much. And honestly, I have I have kind of a weird thing about Sandra Bullock. I feel like everyone just still kind of like was giving her like a pity party after all that shit she went through with Jesse James. And you know, I get it. Yeah, that sucks for her. But then I feel like they were like favoring her movies more so i'm like they're good movies but not that great and gravity was that one that was getting a lot of um a lot of nominations at the time and i was like i i just don't see it i mean yeah it was a good movie and there were some cool shots in there but i was like i don't it's to me it was a little overhyped on space side can you guys hear me now yes we can hear you you're good does that sound better yes yeah okay the reason I don't think gravity works is because they try to make like a realistic, like this is what would happen if we sent astronauts up there thing. And it doesn't work that it is Sandra Bullock and George Clooney. Like, yeah, I think that's a, that's, that's yeah. something like, I didn't like the, I don't like the combination of them two because we're, we're just watching them too for the majority of the movie. Other than that, the movie just sucked anyway. Yeah, I couldn't but, even tell you what the fuck happened. Um, how many gravity memes have you seen versus how many interstellar memes have you seen? You know, exactly. It's saying, um, but anyway, yeah, go so go ahead, Cole. Let's hear your let's hear your taking all this. Okay. So for the first couple minutes, I was kind of like, okay, like I was just kind of whatever. I'm like, okay, we'll see where this goes. And then I and I don't really know why, but we get to the part. So Matthew McConaughey and his children. The you know he has to go go to their school for a meeting. Okay. And then the t- the teacher teacher's like. Oh yeah, we you know we have like edited textbooks and whatnot, and I'm like, what? That well, oh yeah, the moon landing, like all that was like they start talking about that kind of stuff. I'm like, okay, where are we going with? That was why I texted the group chat. I'm like, okay, where where are we going with this? Like, what what's? Well, that is a real conspiracy theory that the moon. The well, I know landing. that's a yeah, real yeah. conspiracy theory, but you know the fact that it, like it was like, oh yeah, we edited, we took out the textbooks, and I'm like, what? Because that's also a real thing that's happening. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So, you know, as the movie goes on, you know, you know, and I should have taken notes, but I, yeah, I was real, I was really intrigued. I was really intrigued by it. Like, you know, after that scene, I was kind of like, okay, well, let's see where we go with this. And uh, we get to the part where they come across the base and I'm like, what's going on here 
oh yeah we're nasa i'm like what like i'm like okay so then you know he says goodbye to the kids he goes up into space you know and this is a beautiful movie like every shot to me is just like the cinematography in this is amazing mm-hmm. agreed and i'm not i wouldn't call myself a nolan fan i think all of his stuff is like really overhyped i yeah i don't didn't really have a problem with this there was a a few moments where they're just kind of sitting in space where I, i'm just kind of like okay with you know it's kind of a lull moment but other than that i what i didn't know matt damon was in this and when he showed up i'm like all right cool matt damon what are you doing here oh cool you're you're the bad guy all right he's doing, he's doing typical matt damon shit yeah, that we he, yeah he's being where the matt u.s damon. government has to save him again <laughs> being trapped on some planet <laughs> hey matt damon yeah <laughs> him and his mullet <laughs> so how many how many space movies has he been in this is, he's been in a couple now hasn't he uh that one and the martian is yeah, all i can remember yeah the martian came out more recently so um yeah. but, but even yeah, on like, earth he needs to be saved so yeah even on earth he has to fucking be saved but um so you know i liked that twist because i'm just like oh okay i'm because because he's like oh yeah this planet you know this is gonna be our new planet you know they they're looking around and I'm and I'm looking I'm looking at the, you know it's a nice looking planet and I'm thinking how the hell are people supposed to live on this planet? And then well, like you said, happens. you know there there was a surface they weren't on the surface. Well, yeah, they were, you yeah, know. but he falsified the information you know to make yeah, believe there was a surface the beneath them. Yeah, so he pushed Matthew McConaughey and I was like, oh, okay, so we're going, you know, so that was that was fun. Um, the doctor. Dr. Brand, uh, Anne Hathaway. Yes. I, I liked her. She was a good character. I don't, I think I got the ending of her like on the planet. Like she had, you know, she had started a new, you know, started a new civilization up there, which that. No, she didn't. It's just her by herself. Okay. She's, well, look, she's building plan B. Okay. Because she's not sure that plan A worked. The The planet she went to was was Edmund's planet, which is the the person she was in love with. Um, because she was still in real time and they're passing Gargantua, um, time is still different. Right. So, of course, McConaughey tra- time traveled, essentially, when he went to the black hole. Um, but she is still about the same age that McConaughey is when he, like, they wrap up when he, when he finally gets rescued and stuff like that. Yeah, she's out there. You, it looks like a lot of stuff out there, but it's because that was Edmund's planet. Edmund was set up already out there and was giving information. It was just further out. Okay, okay, because because when it panned out, I thought, oh, okay, they'd st- okay. Yeah, I got and that's you. why that's why old Murph was explaining to to him like, she's still out there. She's your age, you know. Go get her. Yeah. Go save her. Yeah, I got that part. So, but um. Yeah, you, you know, this whole movie, I'm like, you know, for Nolan, this is a pretty, stand, you know, nice little space movie. I'm digging that. Then we get into that shit with the fifth dimension or whatever. whatever. That was awesome. Yeah, that's fucking cool. He, he gets in there and I'm like, what? What is, you know, and then the twist, like, it was him the whole time, like, you know, like moving the books and doing all that stuff. And I'm just like, 
okay this is really cool like that you know like i was ha i was having fun with this but uh and you know and then he finally gets you know he finally wakes up oh yeah you know murph's still alive you know they just took her out of like uh, cryo sleep you can go see her and, and it's like what but yeah i i i can't believe i'm saying this good 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 pick joe i really enjoyed this yeah i knew it was gonna be a hard sell for you and i was like it's a space movie and i was like and it's nolan he doesn't this care for either one of these that interstellar <laughs> and i realized it was a nolan movie i'm like ah oh, god but it's, i'm like like how can you not like the movie it's like it's it's beautifully done and it's it's a good story it really is it, it's a good story you know, like I said, the cinematography is really good. All the characters are great. I wish we had gotten a tiny bit more time with Matt Damon because they introduce him kind of late. Yeah, I mean, he's like the, he's like the last segment of it. So. Yeah, but other than that, I dug it. Cool. I'm glad you did. All right, Tyler, your turn. No, I, I don't have much, so Joe, I'm ready to go. Tyler, you want to go? Yeah, I'll go. Because uh, I have notes and then I have a long final thoughts thing. Um, I was told I wasn't going to like this movie because I didn't enjoy Tenet that much. And uh, I, I uh, never want to watch Inception again. It was a boring piece of shit. <laughs> um, or at least you thought it was a boring piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> the reason, okay, the reason I, I do and. <laughs> For for a lot of the re for a lot of stuff, I do kind of enjoy Tenet. The reason I don't like it as much as like everyone else does, though, is because everyone was banking it on it being the movie the to save movie theaters. And I'm like, if we were really hoping like that was the movie that was gonna do it, no. And also like Christopher Nolan's whole like attitude towards it of like I'm too good to be on HBO. You must release me in theaters was bullshit to me. Like, yeah, that kind of killed my vibe for him because I really enjoy his movies. Well, that's how and... I feel about Damien Lindelof too, with his fucking Dune movie. Or yeah, not Damien, whoever did da Dune. I, did, I don't think it was Damien Denise, Lindelof. Uh, Denise Villeneuve. Villeneuve, Villeneuve, whatever. I can't say his last name. But Tyler um, no, again. God damn it. Like, that's the, like I said, I, when Nolan came out and said that about ten tenant, and I was like, "Come on, man! Like, just fucking, just release it! Like, if you want people to watch it, people, you know, let put it on HBO Max too, because not everyone feels comfortable going to the movie theater still." Um, so that kind of killed my vibe for him. But like, I I enjoy his movies, like, you know, Inception, Interstellar, uh, Memento Mori. Like, I like his movies, and when he came out with that stance, I was like, "Bro, like, that's not the stance to have right now." Like. Like said, people are still kind of, they were still cautious with the pandemic still going on. So I was like, that's not the, and I get they were trying to revive the movie theater with this movie, but the fact that he was like, no, it can't be on HBO Max. Like, just release the movie. The funny thing is, is it's on HBO Max right now. Yeah, now it is. So like, what's the big fucking complaint? And it was like months after it came out too. It was like, mm -hmm. all right, anyway, first note I wrote, it's tomato charcuterie. <laughs> Timothy Chalamet. Timothy. <laughs> I forgot. Um, like, oh, I, honestly, I didn't realize that was him. And I was it like, took me a couple shots of him to be like, oh, oh shit, no shit. Him. Yeah. He looks so young in there. Uh, then I wrote, Are they in Indiana? Because that's a lot of corn. 
and I'm from Indiana, so that's why it was a joke to me. Okay, whatever. Uh, I said masking up during the sandstorm felt a little too surreal. Nowadays, yeah. Uh, I'm surprised McConaughey isn't driving a Lincoln. <laughs> you know, I don't know if he was sponsored by Lincoln yet at the time. I'm pretty sure he was. But I'm pretty sure he was. I feel like he's been he's been their spokesperson for forever now. I like uh, I like that they did the sound of space accurate. So many movies get that so wrong. You mean the, the lack sound of sound of space? Yeah. Yeah, that's like my one of my favorite things. That they messed up on one part of it, but I think it was because he was I, maybe because the science isn't like we. I don't. I don't know if the science is like a known thing or anything like that. Which part? But when he's falling through the black hole and you can hear him breathing when it's supposed to be in space. I think. I, I think, think that's just more dramatic so hearing, effect. I think it's more so just hearing him inside his suit yeah. still. I think that was. But he's it. out. But they've done outside in his suit shots, and there you couldn't hear him breathing and stuff like that before. Well, now that there was, I guess, yeah, more of the science, but also there's there's nothing else out there. I said the sound. I said the sound was and visually stunning. Like wow, like perfect, like just amazing. The scene with the 23 years of messages, ugh, that scene killed me. Like, it, it almost pissed me off, too, in a way. I wanted because, to ugly cry during it. Because, like, I shed a few tears. it seemed like they were there for maybe an hour at best. So, only seven years. I don't know how they got 23 years and all of a sudden, like. like I was trying to do the math on that, too. I'm like, wait, wait a damn minute. They weren't well, because like even a, Tar, even Tar's the robot thing said like, "Oh yeah, we'll only be here for maybe forty-five minutes at best." So we're looking at they're there for maybe two hours. So that's fourteen years. Yeah, I, I'm not too sure how they got lost in it. Well, because you have to think about like them landing, them looking around, and then they start to figure out like, oh, "What is that?" Like the mount, like what they think of the mountains are, and then the waves. So you don't know how long that took, and yeah, like I said, then them having to wait out because the engines got flooded. I I feel like it would have been like two hours-ish, but... Apparently, if you... Someone... I, I, I'll have to look it up again. But like, every click in the music that you hear is like a day, essentially. Mm -hmm. So, like, someone... And I just saw this video on TikTok recently where someone counted the click, and they had like 200-something days for that scene. So again, we're only looking at very little. Then we have, then I wrote, it's Matt Damon. Because <laughs> I was obviously need. like surprised to see him. <laughs> um, honestly, this movie makes me feel dumb. Like I don't understand a thing they're saying. Like it, I, I felt dumb the entire movie. Uh. <laughs> then I wrote, Ayo, what the fuck, Matt Damon? Because, <laughs> like, well, I was not well, expecting him to just, like, stream. Matt Damon, why are you being a bitch? <laughs> he was just like, yeet, you go down there. Um, he was being Matt Damon. The Ice Planet gave me the thing vibes, especially where Matt Damon pushed down Matthew McConaughey. If you look off to the side a little bit, it looks like there's just giant, like, dip in the in the crust of, like, the planet and i, I was thinking that. like alien spaceship down there then i wrote so don't leave the fate of the world in bat damon's hands got it never do <laughs> and then i wrote then i wrote 
is this a prequel to the martian like after matt damon gets yeeted into space does he float to mars and then you know that's how we get the martian i guess you get <laughs> born again i like the martian i, I want to read the book but i like the martian um but i, I like do like was, the martian i feel like lot. he was a little too like i'm a badass i'm gonna figure this all out though in the martian if i want I, matt damon i'm gonna go watch dogma i don't like the fact i don't really like the fact that after all those years without her father she was basically like lol get the fuck out go find someone else let me die here alone like i mean i know she said she had her family but still like it just it seems so just anti-climactic climactic a little like she hasn't seen her father in so many years they take her out of cryo sleep for her to be like get out go find this lady like come on i get where you're coming from on that but i i think it's i think it's good that way because there is she figured it out she knew he would come home but just a matter of when you know she she moved on had her life became successful because of you know the help he did and i feel like it it was fine because like like they said like you know you, you don't like he doesn't need to sit there and you know, try to, you know, return all the, all the years that were gone. It's okay. Like she had a, she had a successful life. No, I she get had that. The like, yeah. He's still going to want to be a parent and like be there. Like, I know she says the line of like, no parent should see their kid die or whatever. But the thing is, is like, that's not like a reality for anybody. Like a ton of parents have to see their kids die. Like, it's sad to say that, but that, that's the thing. Like, so but like this is it a, just this it is seemed a... very like just like get out it seemed like just like leave me alone kind of deal and like for the rest of the movie like literally his whole journey as a character is to get back to his kids so when he finally gets back to his kid and she's just like leave like i felt like it just it didn't fit the rest of the movie i did not like that at all okay i, I see where you come from I don't, especially I... with him being the ghost and everything too and all that like for him to be the, the person that ultimately makes sure she's she's right in the in her thinking that her father will come back, mm-hmm. like he's doing everything he can to secure her future, to make sure he comes back for her, to make sure he gets to see his kids again because that's his entire journey as his character, and they're just like go, like I don't like. Ugh. I thought the ending was terrible. I really did. Really? I get where you come from. But like, it's like you said, like you just said right now, like, you know, parents do see their children die. Yes. At a young age, though, they don't see them. They don't see them be older than you, than them. And, you know, why should she have, why should she make make the parents suffer, though? But, you know, he's understanding of why. You know he's been through like you know he's thinking yeah. oh well it's totally understandable that you're older than me I just traveled through space and time, but if but if you also think about it too like he was, he was always there, he was never really gone, because he is the ghost, he was always there. There's, I I get what you're saying, but the way I see it is, she's telling him to leave because there is no need for him to, linger on the idea that like yes i'm old and we can't have a relationship it's okay you were always there i knew you were gonna come back i knew you were safe it's okay like don't don't feel bad that you missed out 
you, you know, it, you know, you still helped out humanity. Go find, go find brand, go live your life. It's okay. Like I have, she came to terms with it, that it's okay now. Had she just, also, you know, like, had she, had she never figured everything out and that was it, then yes, I can understand like if, if it was more of a negative side, but the fact that he was there the entire time as the ghost, she accepted it and was more understanding of it, in my opinion. But there's also the fact that like, she's, there's also this feeling I got that she was a hundred percent like telling her dad to go find Bran because she knows that he is like in love with her or something like that. And like you, that's unnecessary to the entirety of that movie. I wouldn't because say, like it's I very much a staff then i get i get like why why you get that feeling because like they're pretty much the last two people on this planet kind of deal so of course that that feeling might come eventually but it wasn't like a thing that came before in the, any point in the movie because she kept turning them down because she's 100 percent there for her job like it just i don't know man that that ending just i i don't know I didn't get that love vibe. I get I get it from the aspect of go find brand because that is someone you can relate to because you've lived like you're in an entire different generation. Go find brand because that's someone you can relate to because y'all are from the same time. I didn't see it as a love aspect. I see it as a go rescue the last person on your crew. I don't know. Um so let me read my final thoughts. I wrote I don't know how I feel about this movie. On one hand, I had I find it visually stunning, which is to be expected for a Nolan film. And there was even a couple moments that choked me up emotionally. The sound editing was amazing as well. But on the other hand, I just felt dumb after watching it. I barely understood a thing they were talking about. And it kind of felt like I needed to read a textbook afterwards. The water slash time planet or world, I forget what they call I forget if they called it a planet or a world was very interesting and an amazing scene, but I also felt like they were maybe there for an hour to an hour and a half at most, not long enough for it to be 23 years. Matt Damon's Ice Planet slash World was also interesting and gave me the Thing vibes, mostly towards the part where Damon pushes McConaughey off the cliff. The twist, if you can call it that, that's not a knock on the film itself. I just don't know if twist is the proper term to use meaning Matt Damon being the ghost of Matthew McConaughey's being Murph's ghost. I caught on to fairly early on. I wasn't a fan. Like after the second time she mentioned it, I was like, Oh, this is probably going to be some space time. Like, like somehow he's interacting through time kind of deal. I wasn't a fan of the ending. She hasn't seen her father in like how many years and they meet for like two minutes and she's like, see you later. I'm a die now. Um, it just felt underwhelming between inception, interstellar and tenant. I prefer Tenet, but again, I feel like all those movies are made for a certain audience, and I don't believe I'm the target audience. You prefer Tenet to this? I'm not saying I like will go ever watch Tenet again, but I'm just saying like I felt like I was able to at least understand Tenet a little bit more than I understood this. Here, here's I will be 100% completely honest with you here. I have a learning disability, and unfortunately, that learning disability hits right in math and science so like any science talk is just like mush in my brain trying to understand it 
and that maybe that's the unfortunate factor of me trying to watch this movie i'm not saying you picked a bad movie at all honestly it's it's like i said i don't know how i can feel about this movie i don't i don't 100 hate it but i don't 100 like it either it's very very middle ground for me like i just there was parts of it that was good and then i was underwhelmed by a lot of it too like i just i don't know man i don't know man had i known you you had that i wouldn't have picked this movie but no that's the thing like a lot of people like i talked to one i don't, don't want to make you feel record. dumb or anything it's not you that's making me it's fucking christopher nolan that's making me feel dumb for first of all like and second of all, like I talked to like a couple people and they're like knowing you and like the way you watch movies and how you like movies, you're not going to like this movie. And maybe they're right. Maybe they're wrong. I don't know. But like this movie just, like I said, it seemed like it was built for or made for a certain particular audience. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing that I'm not that audience. I'm not going to be the audience for every movie. Look at Red Notice. Remember us talking about Red Notice and how I didn't like it at first. But then I watched it with my parents. They were laughing it up. And yeah. I figured out it's because they're the audience and I'm not the audience. Right. And maybe, right. maybe Interstellar is just one of those movies. So I'm not saying, like, like I said, I'm not saying it's a bad movie at all. I, I, it's, it's, yeah, okay, I'm not, I, it's I a fucking that, Nolan yeah. film. Like you can't, I don't care if you don't like the man, you can't deny his movies or something. His movies bring in numbers for a reason. Maybe not yeah. Tenet because, you know, time permitting of when it came out and like i said i don't think that was the movie to save movie theaters especially when it came out and his comments when it came out were dumb as hell yeah but i'm not gonna say that movie sucked too because like that movie was mostly entertaining visually stunning as every fucking nolan film is past present and future i do think it's interesting that he consulted a scientist to make this movie and the scientist 100% was like, look here, motherfucker, if you're going to make this movie, you're going to make it scientifically accurate and not just something you can think of conjuring in your brain. And even even fought with Nolan, because I guess there was a scene where he was going to have Matthew McConaughey, I think, go faster than the speed of light. And he, the scientist literally told him, I will walk off the set and take my name off of everything that has to do with you if you do that, because that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. Yeah. I clearly remember a day where Neil deGrasse Tyson was live tweeting himself watching this movie and like pointing It was interesting out, like, to see his take because yeah, when it came was to like, the huh, ghost this scene, is pretty good. When it came to the ghost scene, he was like, I mean, the science isn't there. So I understand why they did it because we don't know what would happen if you go into the black hole. We don't know if there's such thing as a fifth dimension and how you can interact and not interact in it. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah. The science might be there, but we don't know what that science is. So yeah, have fun with it. You can't criticize because but everything else it's was like pretty accurate. Of it. From what I understand. Yeah, he was. He was like, okay, that's pretty spot on. Pretty spot on. So, but yeah, that was interesting to see, like him, like tweeting it and like, like giving it, like, huh, that's pretty, pretty good, pretty <laughs> spot on. So, Tyler, are you alive yet, buddy? I think so. Can y'all hear me? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I have a. I have the Zoom going on my phone just in case things go wrong again and I'll just have to deal with not hearing you and you just have to listen to my thoughts. Okay. <laughs> Do you want me to go next? or? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll give a take, but not really a take because it's just me jerking off this movie. <laughs> All right. Is my take educated enough? 
Yeah, like I said, I mean, like I'm not gonna roast anyone for saying they don't Mr. understand this movie. Educated all up in cast so costume. you don't like science. You don't like giant monkeys thrown down with giant. Like, what do you like? Horror. <laughs> no, not even. It's not even that though. Like I know I'm. You not, can't it's, sit. It's, it's you cannot sit yeah. here and tell me. You cannot sit here and tell me fucking Godzilla versus King Kong is. First of all, that is the movie to save movie theaters because it did. It did. Yeah. Telling yeah. you, Hell it yeah. did. But you cannot sit here and tell me that's like a grade A, a hundred percent, eight, like better than anything you've ever seen in your life. Movie. That movie was terrible. It Fun, gave, but it, terrible. Oh, it gave us what it advertised. It, gave it us was the action pack. for four yeah. minutes. Honestly, best. as as far as story wise, King of the Monsters was better. Oh, it absolutely was. But, but Godzilla versus Kong gave us the action. Yeah. Anyway, Tyler, you can All go. Right. Uh, I don't really have many notes on this just because I got way too sucked into actually like watching the movie. Like, I didn't want to miss anything of this movie. Uh, <laughs> that was started. me. I felt if I stopped to take notes, I was going to miss like a whole thing. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you what I. <laughs> you might have missed several years. I literally ah. sit here with my notes app and app open and if i have a thought i write it down real quick so i don't and i barely miss anything in movies yeah that, so like, that's exactly what i was doing to have it open that's what i was doing but i just i really didn't want to miss anything because i just got but i also invested yeah. in it i also like <laughs> i have like 15 notes i know that seems like a lot but i was sucked into this movie so i did pause it when i did make notes because I was like okay i don't want to forget this i do want to make a note of this but i also want to pay attention yeah, because so, <laughs> I want to see if I'm missing something. <laughs> yeah, the whole point I wanted y'all to go first was because I I was just gonna go off of y'all's points pretty much, but I <laughs> ended up missing all of Brady's, so that's fun. Uh, <laughs> I started off with oh boy, moon landing deniers because of the whole like uh, parent teacher conference thing where they're like, oh these uh these textbooks that your daughter brought in like our old ones and. We use the federally approved ones where we say that the moon landing was all just propaganda to bankrupt the Soviets and stuff like Love that. To hear it. And I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> um, nobody would evacuate a baseball field that calmly whenever the first like dust storm comes in. <laughs> was it the actual like Yankees playing? Was that yeah? And that's what I was gonna point out. out. Like like shit is shit is so far like in the hole for for earth that and i figured tyler would be like that's you would know because it's baseball but it's the actual new york yankees playing like in a high school baseball field yeah i wasn't sure if that was like supposed to be the professional teams or not yeah no that's why that that's why the the sign they make note as a as as the scene moves it's the world famous new york yankees because that's actually them yeah well also the grandfather was like uh, something along the lines of like Back i remember my there was actual ball players <laughs> yeah now he's got kids out there <laughs> because you know it's just the world coming to, to its end so like entertainment isn't a big fucking deal like that's not something they care about yeah and they kind of make note of that too like when they're having the, the parent teachers conference and they're talking about tom's grades um they're like he's good but you know the the, the universal yeah the world needs farmers and the university only takes so many kids nowadays so they're on limited resources. Yeah. So. Uh, the design of tars and case is really interesting. Like, I 
So I have a fear of AI, <laughs> but I actually like these two. <laughs> they seem cuddly. They're yeah. a rectangle, <laughs> but then they turn into like different, like weird, like shapes. Yeah, they got those yeah. little like R two D two walks and stuff like that. Essentially, and then yeah, and they turn like eventually multiple like, legs and arms. Yeah, it just becomes a giant. Oh, and he was wheel. like Tar, save Brand, and like he turned into like a fucking like I don't even know what. And he just like transformed <laughs> and rolled out. Yeah, like a like a weird wheel. Yeah, Pokemon evolved. <laughs> uh, the wormhole scene was awesome. Like I just really like. I mean, every like weird sci-fi thing that they did in this movie was great. Like the wormhole going into the black hole, all of that. Uh, the weird like fifth dimension thing that Brady was talking about. Uh, fuck Matt Damon. <laughs> Y'all just hate him in this movie, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hans Zimmer goes hard with the score. Then, I thought the score was pretty weak. Really? I don't know. I. I dug it, but I also just like. <laughs> now we're gonna we're gonna fight. I'm gonna fly to Georgia right now. And we're gonna fight. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll throw on like this uh, like sci-fi escape playlist on Spotify whenever I'm reading, and it's it's a lot of stuff that's just like that. So I I really enjoyed it. There's actually a lot of like John Carpenter stuff on there too. So I think you'd like it. Uh, yeah that that was all I had for notes, and then. For uh, like my final thought, I put this was a really good movie. I don't know why I didn't go see it in theaters because I love sci-fi and space, but I really wish I had seen it back then. It was beautifully done, had a great story, and the score was incredible. I did kind of figure out the ending when Murph was saying that uh, she called the anomaly a ghost because it felt like a, a real person to her, but it really didn't take away from the overall enjoyment of the movie. Uh, so I'll give my take on it and almost come around at the gate and Brady, I want you to take back what you just said and apologize because you're wrong on in every dimension of this movie. You're wrong about Look, the soundtrack. Man. Is he wrong in the fifth the, dimension? The, the, the piano, the, sixth little, one like, piano the little piano notes that he was playing the entire movie literally sounded like the Downton Abbey theme. I haven't seen it. Though, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying it, it was weak ass score, bro. Uh, Why have you seen Downton Abbey? I'm I'm just giving you shit because I listen to this soundtrack very often when I do my homework and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Because it's such I, a Joe thing to do. I love the soundtrack. <laughs> Besides uh, the medley from the Binary Sunset from Star Wars, uh, I think the Cornfield Chase uh, song is probably one like one of my favorite uh, songs from a soundtrack for a movie. That was a great one. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I listen to this soundtrack pretty often, but I have like it's been a while since I watched the movie. So to see the movie again and know the soundtrack very well and to see the scenes that it, it it goes along with the way the movie flows, I'm like, it like it's I was like, God, you know, this movie is to me, like I said, I, I really enjoy this movie. I think it's very well done. It's a beautiful movie. This we'll is talk a about soundtrack. that. Soundtrack. Yeah, this you wish, buddy. Soundtrack. You wish. Um <laughs> Like I said, I'm, as I as I hear the soundtrack go along with the movie, again, like it just it paints such a like vivid picture for me, over and over again. The scenes that really get to me were the ones after the ocean planet, and he's watching the years of uh, of videos coming back. Uh, you know, I choked up and got you know ugly, you know that ugly face, you know ugly cry going with him because you know he's watching his family grow up. And he's missed out on 
big events. You know, he sees Tom becoming, you know, growing up, becoming an adult, having a child, hearing that um, the grandfather died, and then only hearing from Murph once to see that all unfold. unfold. The scene that really got me, that gets me every time, is when when Matt Damon's character, Dr. Mann, he, he steals the ranger and he's trying to connect back to the endurance and he, he doesn't connect correctly. So his ship blows up and you don't hear anything. I love that part. But when yeah. they, when they go into a spin to try to uh, be at the same speed with the endurance to, to, to hack, to latch on and brand basically passes out because of all the G's and he, uh, McConaughey tells Tars like, "If I pass out, take the stick because we're going to be moving so fast here." Like, when I first saw this movie, I didn't get to see it in theater. I saw it. I bought the movie blindly because I wanted to watch it in theater. I just never got to it. So when it came out on Blu-ray, I bought it and watched it at home with my friends. That scene literally had us all on the edge of our seat. Yeah, just the way the you know the music built up, everything they were going through. It was like it was nerve-wracking, and the, when they finally finish and the song ends i was like holy shit like what a fucking rush on that part i get where brady comes from about not understanding the movie first time i watched it i i got it but i still had questions yeah and as i, as I watched it again it made more sense because i'm i'm paying attention to it more so and like i feel like they do a good they do a good job explaining it but you'd have to watch it again to, to really understand what's going on because they don't Yes, they're seeing some technical things, but after like a, like said, a couple of viewings, you're like, oh, okay, now, now I know what's going on. Like, I it makes more sense to me now because I feel like they do a pretty good job of explaining it. But if you're able to hear what's happening, like I said, I love this movie. This is one of my favorite movies. I'm I'm glad you guys enjoyed it for the most part. And y'all, let me choose this one because I don't watch it enough, and I think it holds up pretty well. It's a to me, it's like it's a beautiful movie. I love the soundtrack. I enjoy this movie and it moves very well. Looks beautiful still to this day. It's like, I'll keep it short on that. I'll just, I just thought of something. Maybe the reason why I could understand Tenet a little bit better was because I'm a visual learner. Like that's how I learned. So Mm -hmm. they literally color coat the people in that movie. They literally have the guys going backwards in time. They were red and the guys going forwards in time. They were blue. So it was easy to kind of like follow <laughs> what was happening. You're like, hey, hey, you're from the past. <laughs> but like, and I don't, I honestly, I, it might, I don't know. But like I said, this movie's not bad. But I don't think I, it'll probably be a while before I watch it again. And I'm not going to watch it because, ooh, science. I'm going to watch it because, ooh, beautiful movie. Yeah. <laughs> ooh, yeah. Amen. And like, so oh, I'm yeah, not, fuck I'm like, you know, I'm not watching it specifically for the science. The science is cool, but it's the the beautiful part of it. I mean, fuck, look like, look at Gargantuan behind me. Like, that fucking looks beautiful to me. It's amazing. I do like the idea of like the concept of literally traveling. Like, <laughs> Matthew McConaughey made a choice. He's like, well, what the fuck's going to happen? Let me shoot myself through this black hole and see what happens happens. like they pose that question really early on in the film he's like why don't we just drive through it and see what it does they're like we don't know what to do and he's like all right fuck it i'll make that decision i like how romilly explains it to him too he's like well 
you know, what is this wormhole? He goes, well, and he takes out the piece of paper and he draws it for him. Yeah. And I was like, ah, okay. Thank you. That was <laughs> like word for word and demonstration from demonstration, like from another movie explaining mm-hmm. the same exact thing. I forget what, but explaining the same exact thing. Yeah. Um, actually, I can go on about this movie. I'll, I'll keep it short because it's it was more so to, to see what you guys thought of this movie. Um, also, I really like Tars and Case and Kip. Well, Tars and Case. Tars, especially early on, they're like, yeah, they put a uh, they put a humor like factor into me. He's like, what is that at right now? 100%. I did like when Matthew McConaughey was rebuilding him. And he kept like, like what, 55? Right? <laughs> <laughs> Self-destructing in five, four. <laughs> but I said, I mean, a lot, of, a lot of things about this movie I really enjoy. And as you were talking, Brady, I, I was kind of thinking about the ocean planet. Maybe it took longer because as they're still in its, like, in the stratosphere and its gravitational pull, that might calculate for time as well. The way they did it so they can they won't lose as much time was they <coughs> they're gonna keep Romley on the outskirts of its gravitational pull. So he's not burning through so much time. And when they go down, it's the fastest way possible. But since they spent a no longer time on there, you know, they didn't they didn't calculate to be on there for more than an hour. That might be another thing that we might we might have forgotten is the calculation from them leaving the planet. And being in the gravitational pull, and where is Romilly at the time? Because maybe he moved along. Maybe he yeah. quit waiting at the outskirt of the pool. Maybe he moved on. Makes sense. And uh, what you were saying about the uh, the explosion, uh, whenever Damon was trying to connect to it and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I loved that. Like every space scene, like everything that happened in space was just dead quiet. Like, that's what I said. The movie. Yeah, you yeah. said you didn't get to hear it. And that's I, what I said too. I like and I that love they got the, the sound of space, right? Where there's no sound. There's yeah. no sound. And I love the shots on the Ranger where like like here's the ship, but the camera's like right here and then like in the crevice of it, like on like right outside of a window. Mm-hmm. I love those shots. And like you can just hear it like moving here, the, the the vibration of it. Like those are those are just great shots to me because it makes it feel more. I also found it like really smart that like they did show like something connecting on the outside, but they quickly take you back inside so you hear it like hit. Yeah. Yeah. You like the base of it hitting. Like, because that makes sense because they would hear that inside, but you're if you're outside on the outside, you wouldn't hear it. it. Yeah. Yeah. But this, 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 uh, this soundtrack right here, this Ghost of Mars soundtrack, so much better than Interstellar's. I mean, this this thing's stacked with great artists, Joe. It's by John Carpenter, first of all. But <laughs> let me read here. It's got Steve Vai, Bucket Ooh. Hat, or yeah, Bucket Hat's okay. on Head. here. Jack has. Um, Scott Ian's on here. Oh, okay, I'm sold. Of any of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it literally like uh got a bunch of like because john carpenter just wanted to make like a 90s metal album essentially with his stuff so like he just he threw everyone on here that he could think of i'll have to find a list of who's on here and it's funny because he wrote like a little note and he's like i don't know if ice cube will like the soundtrack hopefully he does because ice cube famously hates this fucking movie he said john carpenter did him dirty and didn't do the movie that he promised to do but honestly dude i Put off watching Ghost of Mars for a long time. I watched it the other day, 
and it's not better than interstellar by any shot necessary but it's literally uh <laughs> it's literally a space western and it's it's a combination of reservoir dogs and uh assault on precinct 13 or no i'm sorry not reservoir dogs escape from new york and assault on precinct 13 it's, I'd watch it. I I remember that movie stupid. being younger. It's yeah. stupid, but it's fun. And, and the soundtrack is like I was listening to this when we were when I was editing the last podcast we did for Last Duel and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And like I had to like stop editing because I was just like jamming out. I was like, damn, this is really John Carpenter still <laughs> uses like some of his synth music in the movie itself. And like the people who put out the sound, the producers of the movie kind of got pissed at him for it when they put out the soundtrack because they were like what 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 the fuck like why aren't you putting any of your synth music on the soundtrack and he's like because oh, i wanted to do something different on the soundtrack so like yeah these songs are still in the movie and stuff like that but like they're longer versions of it and stuff like that and like i was just jamming out like there's just some just amazing guitar solos on here with john carpenter's synth music happen to be part of it too that sounds it's awesome. on that- Hulu if you want to watch it and that, ladies and gentlemen, is the is the record that Brady is sleeping with tonight. I, I sleep with all my records. Seems uncomfortable. Don't, don't make a poor John Williams in here. No. <laughs> no, I just wouldn't that poke you though. Shh, you don't know. <laughs> well, that's right. I yeah, man, that uh, that um, soundtrack for Interstellar. I just didn't enjoy it as much as I wanted to or I score think, i mean i think give it a shot by itself like maybe just that's what to, i need to do listen to the score by itself because i feel like it it's very it's very big while being very quiet in sound if that yeah. if that makes sense and the movie's just too busy for it pretty much yeah like but like it hits the the soundtrack hits the movie in the right parts I also wish they kind of would have explained what the hell was going on with Casey Affleck's wife and son a little bit more. Unless they did and I just didn't pick up on it. Like, I get that they're sick, but sick with what? They sand. never addressed or the dust. It's it's because they're the blight. It was like all the sandstorms are having. They were they just like the plague or something. No, it's just, you know, just them, like severe that, asthma, stuff severe like that. Severe asthma, then taking in so much dust because of all the the sandstorms they would get and the blight it was just like they're getting like dust in their lungs and it's just settling inside their lungs so they can't breathe properly oh because like they made it seem like it was like they it was like they were literally going to die in the next two seconds that they didn't leave the house that was it well that's they talked about that too with uh michael kane uh he told mcconaughey like eventually you know our that that our atmosphere is 80 percent nitrogen we don't breathe nitrogen the more sandstorms we have it's because you know the nitrogen is is feeding the sandstorms so the longer they go on this planet they they said you know your daughter's generation will survive but they'll they'll be the first ones to suffocate because we won't have any more oxygen okay yeah that was a another funny thought i had like it went from the whole like moon landing deniers to people wearing masks. And I'm like, huh, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They talked about, they, they talked about that briefly when, when he finally got back into NASA. I find it funny that like they reinstate NASA and it's literally, this just like, 
one building in the middle of nowhere. Where are they supposed to be anyway? They don't really specify. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think they said. Because that's like hella corn. And like the well, only place I can think of is everyone's Indiana. growing corn because yeah. other vegetables that, can, no like, longer, can no longer. I, um, I know. I know they say that. But like when I'm watching that movie as an Indiana boy, corn fed over here. Yeah. Like the first thing I'm like, so they're in India. Like NASA's been moved to Indiana because I don't think corn would grow like that in Florida. Maybe well, Texas. I mean, well, yeah, because NASA is in Florida and Texas. Yeah. Um, but they were also at a Yankee game. And if they had like the yeah, World Series, Yankees, our teams no, traveling. The Yankee was yeah was traveling. Okay, I I thought whenever you mentioned the whole like world famous Yankees thing, like that meant like they were there, was like a home was, game no, or no, something. No, no. I think there. I did read visiting. that like he didn't want the cornfields to be CGI, so he so Nolan planted all that fucking corn. That's for real. Cool. And then turned a profit out of it at when they were done, like he started selling it. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of corn. That's pretty so, cool. That's pretty smart. Like, they're also like the uh, he rented he basically rented out a small town, um, and used like synthetic, a synthetic form of dust, to in like giant industrial fans. So the sandstorms that you see are legit sandstorms. They're not, um, CGI sandstorms either. Like he he literally had like a field in the middle of nowhere in this town. With some fans in the middle of it, blowing dust towards the town to get the sandstorms. That's awesome. There was a weird amount of tension in this movie too. Oh yeah, <laughs> like when they were talking about like the ghosts and stuff like that, and like I don't know, they just made it seem like it was going to be scary for some reason. Google says they were in Colorado. Hmm. Is that where they filmed it, or is that where they? They said the Cooper Farm is located in Colorado, USA, and is located less than a day's drive from the underground NORAD base, also known as the NASA headquarters. Okay, that makes sense. I was just about to look up where NORAD was because I remembered like they were in that building. Like they weren't in NASA, they just were there. Yeah, this is where NASA relocated to. Yeah, makes yeah. sense. All right. Well, that's interesting. Uh, I know we, I don't know if I'll. I know Cole's probably going to go see Morbius next week. Are you guys going? I'm gonna. I just, I don't know when, but. I don't know. Hype train, let's go. I'm going to try. No promises. But I also know I'm going to be disappointed because Blade's not in it. Yeah. I'm on Blade already. (laughs) I think the whole movie is just going to be disappointing, to be honest. We, We got the director of it literally just like, fuck it, here's the movie on Twitter. Like you know, he knows. Yeah, I feel like Jared Leto isn't helping the case. I did read what exactly. I'm not gonna say them here, but I did read what the post credit scenes are. Oh, this is gonna be a this any any article. Yeah, any article I've seen about it too is like everybody has written the same thing. Weirdly, they posted the spoilery interview on Twitter. I don't know why they would do this. Like, because apparently all the stuff that he's saying is from like an interview that he posted up on Twitter, and I'm just like, why are you spoiling your own? Movie? Yeah, because the review embargo doesn't even lift until like the day before it comes out, which is already a bad sign for a movie. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, Sonic doesn't come out for like another week or two, and the embargo for that got lifted like a week or so ago. Which that's gonna be the mo- the movie to see right there. Movie of the week. <laughs> All right. Well, for movie vacation this week, 
Ah, I see what it is there. I'm Brady. I'm Cole. I'm Tyler. <laughs> I'm Joe coming Brady. to you live from Gangantua.